Welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast, the forward-thinking podcast for dental professionals. Join us as we discuss hot topics in dentistry, clinical tips, continuing education, and adding value to your life and career with your host, Jazz Gulati. Hi guys, it's Jazz Galanti from the Protrusive Dental Podcast and today's interference cast is just three tips I have to share with you based on my reflections of doing a composite veneer case recently. The patient's main complaint was actually different to begin with and actually this is part of the sort of the three little tips I want to share with you guys. So let me discuss three learning points from this case. Number one will be communication tip. Number two will be how I manage the interproximal part of doing a composite veneer. Uh, and number three will be the composite refinement tip. I've got a burr that I want to recommend to you to use for comp- comp- composite refinement, which I found really useful. So before we come on to that, if you're listening to me on the Protrusive Dental Podcast, then yes, you'll still gain from this because uh, I'm sharing some stuff that is tangible, even though you're listening and not watching, but it's probably worthwhile going logging on and actually watching the, seeing the images so you get to see what I'm talking about. But anyway, let's proceed. So tip number one I have for you is regarding communication. This patient initially came to me and she had busted her upper right five. She went on to get a vertical crown on an upper right five in zirconia, which I've done. And as you can see, that's done. But actually her main complaint after was that actually, I don't like the way my crown looks at the back. And she was pointing to her metal ceramic crown on the upper right six, as you can see there. She didn't like the fact that the color was a bit off, it's a bit yellow, it's a bit too warm. Uh, and she didn't like the fact that there's a gray line. And we all know why that is, it's a metal ceramic crown. It's the metal showing through. So when you have a case like this and you, and you look at this lady's smile, her, her teeth are actually framed really nicely within her lips. She's 68 years old. She looks great. When she tells me that she has an aesthetic concern, instead of replacing this upper right six, because there's two good reasons why I shouldn't replace this upper right six. One is that it's still healthy. The margin is still good. Even though it was done many years ago, it's still a good, good tooth. The second reason is because she has a limited opening. And for me to do a good job back there in a limited opening compared to, I'm assuming she had a, a better opening many years ago when uh, the crown was first done. So I'd actually be, I potentially be doing a disservice for this patient. That's two good reasons. But the third good reason is, will that really massively help her smile? So by changing the upright six crown to something uh, a bit nicer, let's say a zirconia or just um, a better color with no metal, that may improve her smile and her perception. But really, look at the anteriors. Look at the upright one, the upper left one and upper left two. Yes, in this particular photo, I've just put a composite blob on uh, to check shade. But if you have a look at this original photo, you'll see that they, are, they, they, they stand out because they're discolored and they don't match the adjacent teeth, which are, actually have quite a high value. The overall benefit aesthetically to this patient by changing this upper, upper right six crown in a very tricky area, in a limited um, opening, in a healthy crown, it didn't make sense to me. So I suggested to her, look, I understand that you want to uh, improve something about your smile, but have you considered uh, improving something about your front teeth because they don't match very well? And she said, yes, absolutely, I've considered this. I just never knew it was possible. So what we can learn from this is that actually, I'm usually very careful about suggesting aesthetic treatment to patients who haven't listed it as one of their goals because you don't want to come across as salesy and you don't want to offend the patient. You don't want to make them aware of an issue which they never thought was an issue. It's not a nice thing to do. So um, when the patient actually 
mentions that they have an aesthetic concern or uh, one thing that's completely fine to do is as part of your consultation you sort of say are there any aesthetic concerns anything about your smile I'm not happy about that's fine because you're asking them but instead of pointing something out um, you actually ask them you invite them to say something and sometimes they say no I'm happy or they might give you some concerns but in this case she gave me a concern a direct concern herself about the upper right six so this gave me the opportunity uh, and the invitation to discuss her smile and I said to her Angela to improve the color and appearance of your front teeth will have a much bigger impact on your smile than changing this upper right crown. And she agreed. Are you enjoying the Protrusive Dental Podcast? Well, allow me to deliver you even more value. You can now download the iOS or Play Store app for free. Just search Protrusive on your app platform. Now, if you're a true Protrusive and you want to support the podcast, you want to claim CPD for all the listening and watching that you do, you want to get access to exclusive clinical walkthrough videos to make dentistry tangible, as well as a premium newsletter, access to the Protrusive Vault, and the ability to download all the clinical videos and podcast videos so you can view them offline later, you can get all of that for less than 15 tax-deductible dollars per month. So what are you waiting for? Download the Protrusive app now on iOS or Android for absolutely nothing. We work so hard on this Protrusive team and I know you're just going to love it. Now back to the main episode. So we went on to do the three composite veneers and when I did them, she was really happy and she said what they all say. They say, I wish I'd done this many years ago. And then when I ask, you know, why didn't you? And the answer is always the same. I never knew it was possible. So she's been a regular attender for the last 40, 50 years. Uh, and I think it's something that she wanted to have done. Maybe it's not been in the top of her mind for that many years, and maybe it didn't look that bad 30 years ago, but for however long that she been, she's been upset or unhappy about her front teeth, I think the dentists who've been seeing her have been doing her disservice because something that's actually going to improve her quality of life, improve her confidence and her smile, and something that she's always wanted. So um, it's important to discuss patient smile, the patient's smile with them when they invite you to do so. That's my communication tip I have based on treating this case. The next case, uh, the next tip I have for you is how I manage the interproximal area when I'm doing a direct composite veneer. Now, I've tried various techniques in the past, including PTFE, double PTFE, or just going ahead and not really worrying about it and bonding to, to, to the sort of contours that I want, and then getting a flat plastic and sort of within the PDL, separating the teeth and then polishing and disking it off. But actually, the, the best technique I, I, I use now and uh, what works best in my hands now is the Mylar pull technique. So if you're not familiar with the Mylar pull technique, here is a video on YouTube that I'm going to put the link for down below that you can actually uh, down, uh, watch at your leisure and actually see this uh, Mylar pull technique being used. And I think it's really good. As you can see, the Mylar is pulled and this creates a nice, smooth, interproximal contour. Uh, and um, I'd actually known about this technique before and I'd probably seen this video some years ago but it wasn't until I went on this man's course, uh, that's Dipesh Palmer, and it was the mini smile maker of a course, that he actually made it quite tangible for me. And after his course, the tip that he gave me was to use some wetting resin on the mylar. And that actually helps me to create a smoother interface interproximally. So my tip for you is uh, interproximal management. Use the mylar pull technique if you're not already. And if you are, are you using wetting resin? If not, try it. So a hat tip to Dipesh Palmer for teaching me and mentoring me on that. The next tip I have for you, and the final one, is how I like to finish or shape my composite veneer cases or my composite anterior composites in general. And it's actually a burr that I have to recommend. This burr, I learned about this burr from going on this man's course. That's Thomas Seeley, one of the best dentists I know. Uh, and he is um, someone who taught me how to use this very specific burr 
to shape composite and it's been phenomenal it's been a real workhorse in my practice uh, and it uh, gives me predictable results so it makes even these average hands produce good outcomes because of the fact that the burr is just such a great shape so um, Thomas thanks so much for introducing me to this burr I'm going to share this nugget with you all now the burr is called the perio burr so thank you for thank you to style italiano for also um sort of teaching about this burr technique and actually one of my italian nurses titi she taught me that actually it's not style italiano it's still still italiano so actually it's still italiano not style italiano uh, and this is the burr as as it's shown here and what i like to use this burr for is actually it's really great for adjusting along the three planes the incisal the mid and the cervical planes uh, because of the shape of it, it makes it really easy to uh, access and refine sort of uh, the line angle area as well. So, um, and the fact that you can put it into a slow handpiece makes it very, very easy to use. And it really gives you the control and the tactile feedback. So the Perio Burr has been an absolute game changer for me in practice. Here it is, another photo of it in use. And here's the burr code. So the burr code is 831-204-012. Contact your Comet rep in your country to, to sort of buy this burr. Uh, and if you're unfamiliar with how to read burr codes, the first bit, uh, 831, is the, the sort of the shape of the burr. The next bit, the 204, is the, the sort of what kind of burr it is. So this is one for the slow handpiece. If it's 314, that usually means it's uh, the friction grip, i.e. fast handpiece. Uh, and the 012 at the end, or the last three digits, would always mean what is the size of that burr at the tip? So this burr is 1.2 millimeters at the tip. So that's my three nuggets. I hope you liked them. If you liked it, please subscribe. And um, if you're listening on the uh, podcast, thanks so much for listening. And if you're, do if you're not listening on my podcast moment, why aren't you? Thanks so much. Cheers.